Pego. Hello and welcome to Elden Ring 64 with me, your host, Elden Ring the Ferret, and or maybe it's Elden the Ring. <laughs> and welcome in to this podcast about all things Elden Ring and only Elden Ring, because what else is there to talk about? No, I'm kidding. Even though I played a lot of Elden Ring, um, this is the Ferret 64 podcast with me, your host, Jamie the Ferret. This is a podcast about video game news and occurrences. And today we got a lot on our plate, a lot of changes happening in the video game landscape. And uh, to start it all off, of course, I'm going to start with what I usually start with, which is a terrible segue, Yemi. What I've been playing this past week. So as you may or may not have guessed, uh, I was, I've been playing a lot of Elden Ring recently, uh, which I might talk about at the end of this segment just because I've talked about it so much in the past, present, and probably in the future. But I did get to play Ghostwire Tokyo this past week. Um, I played like mm, probably about five-ish hours of it. I, I explored the the first part of the game pretty thoroughly. And I gotta say I'm 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 enjoying myself. Uh, if it wasn't for Elden Ring and Kirby and <laughs> Mario DDR, I'd probably be playing it a little bit more. But with the way that the gaming landscape is right now, I kind of have to play a game, put it on the back burner, and then, you know, continue playing what I was playing before, which, you know, of course, I'm trying to get through a couple of games right now. Um, but so far, you know, I I'm not stopping because I don't like it. I'm stopping because I want to get some of these other games that are a little bit smaller finished and, and out of the way before moving on to something big again, like Ghostwire Tokyo. Um and the game is, is is a lot of fun. I know there's a lot of people going into it with, uh, with with a different expectation. I think they were a little bit disappointed because of the fact that it's not really like super horror, you know. I, I'm not. I don't remember exactly. Maybe the trailers kind of showed it was kind of like a more horror-ish uh, kind of game. But what it really is, I mean, think of it like a death loop except with magic powers, and there's no like dashing ability or whatever. There's no time loop thing going on. Um, it's 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 a very much a first-person arcade kind of magic-using first-person shooter type thing. Your abilities all, you know, they're it's just like it's it's kind of like Naruto. So you know, doing different hand signals to to fire off beams and you know doing things to you know to, to like. It's hard to explain. <laughs> Obviously, if you've seen footage of the game, you kind of know energy comes from your hands, and you have different abilities that you can earn while going through the game. Um, of course, the most basic one is almost like a pistol uh, with energy, where you just go—you know—you have to as fast as you tap the R2 button. That's how fast the the projectiles come out, um, and they do minimum damage. You can also charge up the shot to do like a powerful tracking shot as well. There's another ability that I got where it's kind of like a fireball explosion type thing. You you charge it up and then you'll release it and it and it damage a it damages a wide area. Um, and you know for the most part the enemies aren't like super threatening right now. I mean I I, I mean obviously when they're in big groups you can start to get a little hectic. But yeah, for I mean I I don't think I've died one single time going through the game so far. Uh, you know which I mean maybe that just is me being a good gamer or maybe it's the game being a little bit too easy at the beginning 
uh, either way, I think that I think that in general, like the enemies are are really interesting. The fight, uh, they they have a lot of different moves on them. Even though most of the time you'll just see them kind of you know running around, not really deciding to do anything. <laughs> um, but I mean, like the guys with the umbrellas. Uh, all all these enemies are called visitors. Uh, they're all like these evil yokai who who have come because um, that that guy with the mask <laughs> has trapped people's souls in in a different dimension or whatever and he's trying to harvest them for some great scheme and uh so he captures them and puts them in cubes and then he absorbs their power right and it's it's a very interesting concept for sure um it's nothing it's not like it's so super unique honestly but you know it's it's still a pretty cool concept for for the video game and and, and a big part of the game is you know, picking up and collecting people's souls. There's like 240,000 souls to collect in the game, but luckily every soul bunch has about a hundred in them. So, you know, I, it's still a lot. Trust me. It's still a lot. And of course, trying to find all those souls hidden around the map is probably going to be quite a hassle. Um, it is a side objective, but it's something that you definitely want to do because, as you grab more souls, you get more experience, and you can, you know, of course, level up your character and and get new abilities. Uh, they they do uh, they do give you a lot of experience points. You get ten experience points every time you level up. But the but the thing is, the 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 you know the, the skills you can unlock are like 10, 15, 20. They cost up to like thirty points, right? So I don't understand. Like, it kind of devalues the points when. You know, in another game, one skill point equals one skill, whereas in this game, ten skill points equals one skill. So you're devaluing the skill points. Why Why not just make it one skill point per skill or two per skill? It doesn't make any sense to me. That being said, the leveling up system is nice. It's all there's a lot of different stuff that you can they can do. There's three different like categories to choose from with a good amount of stuff to to kind of get get going. Um, going back to the enemies real quickly, uh, you know, if you damage them enough, they'll be open for, like, this binding attack where you take their core and you pull it out of their body, uh, which is a pretty cool sequence. Um, you can also do the same thing from behind if an enemy is unaware of your position, so you can sneak around and, and do, like, a backstab, instant killing any enemy. So that's also a pretty cool thing as well. Of course, the game takes place in Tokyo, but of course, everyone's been eaten up by this rampant mist. Uh, the game starts off with your character being kind of dead, but also not dead, um, and getting possessed by a spirit that uh, help, helps keep him alive, because I guess the spirit needs his body to do something. <laughs> it's a little bit muddy in my mind. It wasn't really that, like, that crazy. Like, okay, the voice acting's great, you know, the visuals are great. I just, I'm like, I'm not really caring about the story right now because it's a very cookie cutter kind of story where, you know, Hero's got to go save his sister and the bad guy is also, has his sister. So now that the uh, two guys got to team up to fight, to, to, to fight the bad guy and get his sister back. Like, it's just something we have kind of seen in any other medium. So it's kind of like, I kind of <laughs> been zoning out during these long cutscenes, but huh, what can you do? That being said, um, the game, I, I think I've said that one too many times now. Uh, forgive me. I, and also, forgive me for this episode coming out so late. Uh, it was my birthday weekend, so I'm still a little frazzled mind, and I'll talk about the game we played on my birthday uh, live stream in a little bit, but I'm still a little scatterbrained right now, for sure. 
Anywho, Ghostwire Tokyo, if you haven't picked it up yet, um, I mean, look, I, I, I mean, you can go through this game and you can pet dogs, read their minds, read cat minds and pet cats. You can give the dogs food and they'll give you money, you know? It's a very cute game, um, but I, but it's also, like, it's not supposed to be cute, right? But then again, you got these cats selling you items, you got these dogs who lost their owners, which is kind of sad, but also kind of cute because they're, you know, when you read their minds, they're, they're waiting for their master to come back, and you're giving them food, and they're, they're getting happy, and they're leading you to, to things. So it's like, it's, it's kind of a weird, you know, juxtaposition to these two different parts of this game kind of clashing against each other. And there are some genuine, genuinely like horror type moments. There was this evil spirit who was a hoarder and you go inside his house and you, you have to like, you know, find his, his, his spirit and, and put him to rest. And eventually he sucks you into his hoarder world dimension or whatever it is. And you have to fight your way out. It, that, that was kind of a spooky kind of situation. But, um, in the end, you know, of course you, you, you win and you get out of that. And one of the other cool things about the game, it does use the, the dual sense controller pretty well. A lot of different rumble features, not so much on the adaptive triggers, um, but you know, it, it actually even wants you to use the touchpad at one point, which is something I haven't seen in quite a long time. Um, but the main thing is like that, the, the, uh, the rumble on, on the controller is really put to the test on this game. And I like that a lot. It does, does feel really good in your hands and the touchpad thing. I mean, you, you can use your right stick if you want to, it's just for drawing like incantations or something like that. I forget exactly what they're called, but in order to like put a spirit to rest, you have to like do a few symbols in the air. And you, and you you move your finger along the line, or you can move your joystick along the line. Uh, the graphics in the game, pretty good. Can't complain about that at all. Uh, a lot of lighting effects in it, you know? When enemies die, I mean, they die, you know? They, they, they go into all different kinds of colors. Um, you pick up, like, these green orbs to refill your magic. And then there's orange ones for your other attacks. You also have arrows. You have a bow and arrow as well for long-ranged and stuff like that. Um... You have this system of gliding in the game, which is kind of weird to control. Not going to be, I mean, I'm going to be honest. It's a little bit weird to control. And the way that you get up into the higher parts of the city is kind of weird, too. You, like, attach onto these, like, flying uh, humanoid birds. And they're constantly making noise, so you know that they're there. Which is nice, because it's like, okay, so I can go higher here. But it's also not nice after you're done with everything, and they're still there, making a ton of racket, being super annoyed. <laughs> <laughs> I I cannot tell a lie. The the fucking birds in the game are super annoying. Um god, I don't, the main the main thing in the game is to of course collect souls and then also you're trying to purify these Tory gates and that'll clear out the mist in the area, which will make it easier for you to um explore and go around. There's also like these like rotten trees that you have to purify as well are they're usually guarded by a group of enemies and they also hold like a bunch of spirits inside them so it's a good idea to do that um so yeah i mean the game kind of starts to fall apart when you're in like those the, the city heights and you're gliding around trying to get from building to building i think that that's a little bit over the top and a little bit 
unnecessary for the most part. Um, but when you're on the ground going from, you know, going from group of enemy to group of enemy, going from, you know, story thing to side missions to whatever, it does feel pretty good. And, and I am enjoying myself. So, you know, even though it is going to be on the back burner for a little bit, I, I think that it's going to be one of the first games that I go back to uh, and and start playing uh, a lot more of because I, I, I am genuinely enjoying it. I just have a few criticisms here and there. Um, so I guess I'll talk about the game a little bit more once I'm further through it, but you know, until then, just know it's it's good. It's not it's not bad by any stretch of the imagination. Um, if you're going into it thinking you're going to get like this super cool horror experience, it's not really quite there. I mean, there are horror elements in it, um, but there's also you know it's it's also an action packed first person, almost a first person shooter type game. So. You know, take that with what you will, and uh, if if you decide to wait for a sale, I mean, I'm not gonna blame you. Um, just know it's 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 good and it's worth getting eventually. And like I said uh, during our birthday stream this past uh, Saturday, I played and finished Mario D or Dance Dance Revolution Mario Mix. Um, so this is a game that came out when, of course, the DDR craze was huge. And, um, it's one of those games that I played a lot when I was a kid, you know, before Guitar Hero came around, DDR was the big thing. It still is kind of a big thing, you know, where Guitar Hero has kind of died out more or less. Uh, Dance Dance Revolution is still kind of in the mix, you know, you got, I mean, if you go to an arcade, a local arcade, there's going to probably be one or more people playing, you know, the DDR with their little backpack and their water bottles and their, 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 they have all their, all their stuff lined up, um, which is kind of cool to see, you know? Um, I mean, when I went to the arcade on my birthday, uh, there was six arcade, uh, DDR machines and there were six people playing them. So it's still a very popular, um, a very popular rhythm game. That's for sure. And, but back in the day, I mean, it was, I mean, it was everywhere. It's, it was in everyone's house. You know, on the GameCube, PlayStation, or Xbox, you could get a dance mat with the Dance Dance Revolution games. There were so many different volumes. Mad Cats was behind all the mats. Um, so, you know, t- <laughs> they, they weren't amazing, but at least they held up. And this, the the, the official Nintendo Mario DDR pad, it's, it's pretty good. I think the up button moved down a little bit uh, in, when, it was in, when it was in shipping or maybe just in storage from whoever I bought it from, but... Uh, it works pretty well, and the game is still pretty fun, you know. Um, Mario DDR, of course. Well, interestingly enough, uh, this game is called Dance Dance Revolution featuring Mario in Japan. And over here, it's it's Dance Dance Revolution Mario Mix. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's got a lot of cool, you know, cool EDM remix versions of Nintendo's uh, Mario songs on there. You know, everything from, you know, Double Dash course uh, um, music to... Uh, Super Mario 3, and, um, you know, there's there's a few classical songs in there as well, including Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star. Uh, and, of course, they're all remixed to be upbeat dance songs, so, you know, you, you never really have a dull moment. Um, the story mode in the game, I mean, the game is, 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 a lot, is a lot like Mario Party in a lot of ways. It's, it definitely uses the same engine as, like, Mario Party 4 or 5, you know, one of those GameCube-era Mario Party games. Um, because the character models, the textures, the everything just looks like Mario Party, except you're playing Dance Dance Revolution. There's there's a bunch of mini games for you to play mixed in the between between the songs, and there's two different modes you can play on the campaign mode. Uh, you have to start with the regular mode, 
uh, which of course we did. And then when you go through the game again, whether it be on a harder mode or you can play on normal again, it's called the EX mode, uh, which gives you different songs every so often, different mini games, uh, and also bonus songs that you can buy in the shop, which is kind of cool. The only thing that really kind of stinks about the story mode in the game is you can't like pick which song to play or you can't like go back on the map to go back to a store or something like that once you pass a store it's gone until you go back around in another playthrough which is kind of annoying especially because we missed one bonus song in the third world it was 300 coins and i had like 88 from recently purchasing something in the store from the last uh area so it was kind of annoying that like we were still missing that one song but we got all the other ones which is which is good uh, so the game, I mean, if you know DDR, you know what the game is. You know, you got four different directional arrows, and the screen will tell you which arrow the, the hit, and you hit the arrow. Um, and if you miss, you, you lose. <laughs> uh, the cool thing about this game is it adds in a bunch of, like, obstacles and things. So, you know, there's Goombas you can stomp on, which are pretty straightforward. There's coins you can collect by pressing a coin button. Uh, which you can collect coins. Some of the boss battles have things like fire that you need to step on, or um, tentacle. Uh, when you fight Blooper, you have, to fight, you have to step on its tentacles in order to um, get it to, like, die. <laughs> uh, one of the later levels has some cheap cheeps coming out and moving the arrows around, which is, you know, kind of keeps you on your toes a little bit. Uh, later on, bullet bills come, and you have to step on those to send them back. Hammer bros throw hammers at you. It's pretty much all just stepping on hammers and, you know, all that kind of thing. Well, you know, it's kind of fun. And there's also things that you don't want to step on, like the spikes or uh, the ice cubes or whatever. You don't want to step on those because if you step on those, they they explode and you die. But if you step on a bullet bill, it sends it backwards. So I don't I don't get the <laughs> I don't get the correlation there. But eh, that's besides the point. Other than that, I mean, there's not really much to do in the game. And there's like a workout mode where it counts how many calories you're burning as you play. There's, of course, the uh, free play mode. You can play all the way up to very or super hard, I guess I think it's called, which is super hard. Don't, don't get me wrong. It, it's definitely for the people who are the masters of DDR. Uh, there's a mini game mode where you can just go back and play mini games. Um, yeah, there's not much else other than those those few things. I really I mean, the play one playthrough of the game was like an hour and 30 minutes of just straight playing. So it's kind of like, you know, is, is it worth the pay out the out the ass for for Mario Dance Dance Revolution with the dance pad for the GameCube. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it's a it's a fun little collector's item, and it was fun to play. Will I play it again soon? I don't know. It, it's it's one of those things It's like, it's there if I want to play it. Is it worth the $80 I spent to get it? Sure. I mean, I think I had I think I got $80 worth of fun out of that. Um, but honestly, you know, if you're if you're someone who's, you know, just just looking for an interesting experience. I mean, it, it is interesting, that's for sure. It's fun. I can't complain too much about it. It's one of my favorite Mario games. What can I say? You know, I used to play it back in the day with my parents, my sister. We used to have a lot of fun playing this and all the other DDR games. Um, and, you know, DDR is, was... I would say it's one of the things that inspired uh, Guitar Hero and then those other rhythm games, for sure. Uh, it definitely had some inspirations there. So... You know, if it wasn't for DDR, then other games couldn't... If it wasn't for DDR walking, other games couldn't run. Boo. <laughs> All right, we also finished Tie the Tasmanian Tiger. It was a fun game. Um, I wouldn't I wouldn't go back to it. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun, but, you know... 
I'm not like I wasn't like super into it. It was it was okay. I I, I think that um, I think the main thing that pulled it down was just like you missed like one thing in a level and it was just like, all right, well game over. I'm not searching for this. There was so many like weird winding, twisting paths and the maps were really big, which is a good thing for sure. I mean, even though the game was kind of short in my opinion, um, the levels themselves are actually pretty big and sprawling. So that's one of those good things about the game. You know, it's got a lot of charm to it. You know, it's, it's like the only Australian platformer out there. So if you want to check it out, the HD version is available everywhere. So, uh, would I give it a thumbs up? Sure, I give it like a one thumb up, but I wouldn't give it two. That's going a little bit too far. And of course, uh, I played. I mean, I was playing Elden Ring since eight a.m. this morning, and I stopped around two two thirty ish today. Uh, and I hadn't played it in a in in maybe like a week because I was doing a bunch of other things. I've also been really super tired at the end of the days recently. Um, so today was like one of those days where I just sat down. I I, you know, I just searched every corner of, of the map, found a few things I missed back in Kalid. Uh, also found something I missed in Limgrave. Uh, of course, I keep going back to Limgrave and finding one or two more things. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just been a really interesting and cool experience. I mean, this whole day today, it felt like I was just going deeper and deeper underground. Like there was just elevators going down, down, down. And I was like, holy crap, when is this going to end? And finally, eventually it did end. Um, and there was like this huge uh, boss, I think it was a side boss, honestly. And I was just like, this thing is crazy. It was like shooting meteorites at me and had pincers on its face and yeah, it was one of those. It was one of those bosses that was like huge, bigger than life, can kill you in one swell hit, and also the boss like went invisible and then would circle around you and hit you from the behind. It was like, come on, really? <laughs> but yeah, I've just been trying to explore as much as I can. I mean, there's areas where there's not much that I've marked off the map or had marked on the map, and I always go back to those areas first. And you know, sometimes you'll find something. Sometimes you know, you you just don't find anything, and you're like, okay, whatever. Um, but I'm I'm slowly working my way farther and farther into the game. Uh, I think I'm 47 hours in now. And I know there's a lot of people who who were more towards the 80 hour mark when they eventually when they finish the game. Um, I was able to find like a, a a portal or whatever in the underground caverns that took me to the capital, right to the capital. And I walked out. And I'm like, holy shit. Uh, I don't think I'm supposed to be here, and I, I tried going backwards, and there was apparently a boss fight right there, so I couldn't go backwards into the boss fight. I had to go forwards into the boss fight. So I've decided to backtrack and go back around, and um, right now I'm stuck fighting two two tree sentinels instead of one. Oh, boy. Um, but that shouldn't be too difficult. I mean, I, I've leveled up the Godric's Hammer, so that it does, like, 306 damage, and I'm, I'm continuously upgrading, like, my strength and my health and my endurance, you know, all those different ones, um, so I can keep getting the better armor put on and, and have my, you know, be able to take a few hits if I have to, you know, because sometimes you get a little greedy, you know, you're, you're smacking away with the hammer and they seem to be staggered pretty good. And then all of a sudden they have this move that's like, and I'm not going to be staggered right now. And it's like, oh shit. So you gotta have, you gotta have a little leeway for when that kind of situation happens. Uh, but yeah, I've just been having a good time with it. I found some new armor from beating this uh, boss underground. I, I don't remember the dude's name, but it was very similar to all the other knights, crucible knights that I saw. 
So it's like, okay, whatever, you know. That's still that's still my major point of frustration in the game, you know. You go through this entire dungeon, you go through an entire area that's not a dungeon technically. It's a it's just an underground area. And there's there, there's just a regular enemy who's got a health bar and it's like ugh, I'm just I wish I wish that you had done something different here, you know, just done anything different here. Just have a unique enemy here or something. You know how many times I found the black knight assassin or whatever like god damn it or like the 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 um the shades the the shadows it's like come on you know the burial watchdogs are cool but there's like 15 of them you fight in the game you know the earth tree bosses are cool but there's like 15 of them you fight in the game it just kind of starts to get annoying when you go through an entire area you're working really hard and then at the end of that area is a boss that you've already fought in the regular world or in another boss arena <laughs> and you're like well i already know its moveset you know, summon in my fucking shield guys and let's go, you know? I switched away from the, the, the wolves, the wolf ashes for these. There's like the, there's like an ash that gives gives you like five or six shield guys. And they just, I mean, they're just there to pretty much distract the boss. And that's been working like a charm almost every single time. Um, only during one, I think was, this guy was called like the god skin wearer guy or whatever. Only during that fight did I have a little bit of trouble. Um, but... I mean, damn, you know, those, those, I, I, they're my buddies now, you know, I put the wolves to the side and said, you're, you're good, but these shield bearers are my favorites right now. <laughs> they're my, they're, they're my favorites. So yeah, you know, going to keep going through it, probably going to keep having the same frustrations, but you know, it's still a good game. So I'm not, I'm not like, you know, pissed, you know, I, I think that's still a great game. I just... There's sometimes you go you go through the, all this trouble just to get uh, one of those crystal soldiers at the end of it all, and you're like, ah, oh, I've already done this five million times. Here we go, you know. So I understand though the game is huge. Like when I when I first started the game, I thought it was just like Limgrave and that was gonna be it. And then I was like, oh, it's Caleb and Limgrave. Oh, it's Caleb Limgrave and um, Lucaria or whatever it's called. Oh no, wait, it's this, 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 you know, there's so much. And there's a lot of verticality to the game too. Like they definitely put a lot of work into making sure that there are platforming challenges for you to do. I mean, just going back to the, to Godric's castle, I went back there and, and there was a whole platforming section that I had missed. And sure. The stuff that I got wasn't technically exactly what, you know, the best things ever, but you know, it's still cool to go back, get some things, fight a secret, you know, mini boss, and then move on, you know? Um, so yeah, Elden Ring's still great. Probably like a 9.5 out of 10 still. Um, and uh, yeah, I, I, when I go through the game again, I do want to try a, a different a different build. And I was thinking, you know, maybe, maybe I should try... I mean, I, I was really interested in trying that bandit build, which is all, all the archery stuff. And I was thinking about it, and I'm like, yeah, I mean... That would be like a cool challenge to do, to try and get through the game with the bandit build. So maybe eventually down the road, I'll do that on stream. I don't know. I have to beat the game first before I can even think about doing that. Um, but anyway, let's move on to the news of the week. All right, the biggest news of the week is, of course, PlayStation Plus and the PlayStation Now service has officially merged. And the big reveal has been shown off by PlayStation this whole new service is kind of like the Xbox Game Pass. Uh, it is it is a little bit 
more a little bit pri- a little bit more pricey um and you know just just throwing that out there right now the base PlayStation Plus membership will still be available with the same perks as it does right now for the same amount of money don't worry about that but the next tier above that is called PlayStation Plus Extra which is $100 per year you'll have access to everything that PlayStation Plus offers along with 400 downloadable PS5 and PS4 games and at launch, the lineup is going to include uh, Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel's Spider-Man, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat, and Returnal. Um, Sony has confirmed that they're not going to be putting any first-party games day one on this service, uh, unlike you know, unlike Xbox does. So if you're expecting that, then you know you're going to be a little bit disappointed. They're not going to be putting games like God of War Ragnarok or you know whatever else they have in the works. Uh, underneath this PlayStation Plus banner, maybe some, you know, maybe down the road, like a year down the road. Um, but you know, of course, we'll have to wait and see. Uh, this provides up to 400. Uh, blah, 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 blah. Uh, this will also give you access to a bunch of third-party games and extra, uh, extra games in this extra download tier. And then there is the PlayStation Plus Premium, which is $120 per year. This will give you everything that I just add, that I just talked about, including 340 additional games, including PS3 games available via cloud streaming, a catalog of classic games, both in streaming and download options from the PlayStation, PlayStation 2, and PSP generation. You'll also be able to do cloud streaming with uh, access to P- PlayStation, PlayStation 2, PSP, PS4 games. Um, and you can also stream these games using the PS4, PS5, or PC Time-limited game trials will also be available at this tier, so you can try games, select games before you, you know, before you buy them. Um, this whole thing with the this is not emulation. This is cloud streaming. Um, so the difference is that you know if if emulation would be you download it to the console, you play it on the console. It's emulating a PlayStation when you play the game, right? Right here, you're you're cloud streaming the game, so the the game is being uh, streamed on your console. So. You know, as I talked about before, with cloud streaming, depending on your connection, you can have a varying amount of, you know, lag, button input lag. Um, you know, let's say you lose connection to the internet, your game's just going to end right there. So I'm not a huge fan of this cloud-based streaming, and I'm I'm probably not going to go above the regular PlayStation tier. Me personally, I don't think I am. You know, even though 400 games is a good amount of games, don't get me wrong. I mean, it's a good amount. It's, it's a pretty big selection. Probably about, probably pretty comparable to the Xbox. Um, but I mean, I like, I I see the value in something like Nintendo's Online Pass, right? And, you know, I see I see the value in Xbox Game Pass. I don't see the value value here because all 400 of these games I've probably played over half, if not more, of the games that I wanted to play anyway. So games like Death Stranding, God of War, Spider-Man, Mortal Kombat, Returnal, I have all those games already, and I, all, I you know, because I, I mean, I'm a fan of PlayStation, I buy their games day one, I'll play Xbox's games day one if they're on Game Pass, I'll play a lot of Steam games day one on, uh, if they're available. This just probably isn't going to be for me, um, but if you want to try it out, you know, you can always cough up the money. For the highest tier, it's going to be about $18 per month. For the second highest tier, it's fifteen, and then of course the regular is ten dollars a month. So, yeah, not not much else to say about that. Uh, I want to know more about which games are being put onto the service, especially the the uh, classic catalog. You know, I want to know what PlayStation, P3, 
PS2, PSP games are going to be on there. If they're games that are outrageously difficult to find and they're super high priced, this will give it a lot of value. If they're games that are just like, um, and here's Crash Bandicoot in its original form, it's like, well, that game's like, what, 20 bucks on eBay, you know, as opposed to something that's like, you know, $120 for like medieval, you know, in its original form, so... Yeah, that's just my thoughts. Uh, let me know what you guys think of this new pricing system in my Discord. Along the same lines, Microsoft is reportedly uh, going to create a family, family plan for Xbox Game Pass. Uh, essentially, this will work like the Netflix uh, family thing, or just Netflix in general, where one person is going to own the account and allow up to five other people to use that account. Um, no word on the pricing or anything yet right now. It just seems like this is kind of like more of a rumor than anything else, but you know, I guess we'll see. I mean, I think that's a good idea. You know, I, I mean, I, right now I'm, I'm letting one other person use my account and they have to log into my account. So it would be nice to get a family version of that account if it's relatively fairly priced. Um, but it doesn't really matter in, in, in my opinion. Um, so yeah, if, if you're looking forward to like a family pan for Xbox, could be coming soon. I think this is a good deal if, it, if it's priced fairly, like I said, you know, having up to five other people be able to share an Xbox subscription or an Xbox Game Pass subscription. I mean, that's, the, you know, that's that's five people you can play games with, you know, five people who can try out games with you and five people who will be playing games on day one, possibly with you. So pretty cool if it does happen. All right, some sad news. E3 has officially been completely canceled. No digital event, no in-person event. E3 has been officially canceled this year. Now, I thought that the digital event was just fine. You know, I, I was able to watch exactly what I wanted to watch. It allowed me to, you know, work my schedule around the digital event, and I could watch it, you know, whenever. Um, when, the, when the event's live, you know, in person, there is that, like, factor of you know live audience being there and sometimes they can be kind of annoying pointing to the bethesda event from a few years ago you know you have a lot of those cringe moments with these famous people coming in there they don't know what to do they don't want to say you know um but so yeah this year i guess people i mean company i mean i don't think companies are going to pull out of e3 i mean playstation is already gone right they've been gone for a while ea does their own thing literally hours before e3 starts you know, Xbox is the big thing. Nintendo always has a Nintendo Direct for it. Ubisoft is always there. Devolver Digital has a great showcase almost every year. So, you know, you still got these big companies giving you stuff. Um, but th that's the thing, though. The game, it, it's not fully canceled, though. Like, this year's is fully canceled. But the whole, th the thing as a whole is going to come back in 2023, they said. They're making preparations for a full-blown comeback with a little bit of a rebrand. Um... Part of the decision is to, uh, no, I'm not, I'm not sure what that's supposed to mean. Never mind. Uh, but also, you know, Jeff Cayley's Summer Games Fest, um, is still going to happen. So, you know, maybe that's pushing E3 out of the way right now. I don't know. It's, it's hard to say. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll see when E3 comes back next year. I mean, look, I mean, E3 was back in the day. That was the one thing you wanted to go to, right? But now there's so many conventions and so many events. E3's kind of taking that back seat, even though it's still a pretty big event and it's still a pretty popular event. Don't get me wrong. 
there's other places that you can get the information now. And, you know, Nintendo does their own Nintendo Directs throughout the year. PlayStation does their own, does all their own state of plays and stuff like that. Um, and I think that actually works a little bit better than having that one big glob of information. And then, you know, they have to try and do like a spectacle and blah, 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 blah. I mean, Xbox has been the only one that's consistently done it a pretty, done a pretty good job every, every year after the Xbox one reveal. Right. Um, so I, I don't know. So rip E3 for this year. All right. So do you remember abandoned, which was like this really crazy looking game? like survival horror game set in like a forest. It was supposed to come out uh, with the PS five, but it was delayed a bunch of times. Um, and the developer even came out and said, Hey, we're not ready to, you know, even show off a roadmap for our development or whatever, whatever. Uh, so recently they had to, the developer blue box game studio had to respond to the allegations that the game was officially canceled. Uh, they came out on Twitter with a post and said, dear community, Recently, we have been bombarded with requests and questions regarding development status for Abandon. In regards to the latest rumors regarding Abandon being canceled, our response is this: is that the rumors are false. <laughs> we are looking, we are working on the reveal via the real-time experience app and online channels, along with the prologue of the game. These were initially planned for Q1 of 2022, but unfortunately, we aren't ready yet, as we underestimated our development roadmap. Therefore, we have delayed the reveal and release of Abandoned Prologue. We will release Abandoned Prologue when it is stable, good, and ready. We are aware of your frustration and deeply, sincerely apologize for this. We will continue to work on the game, and we will notify you when we are ready. Our sincere apologies. Uh, kind of sounds like, you know, um, when you write an essay and you're trying to, uh, <laughs> you're, you're trying to, um, you know, fill in as many words as you can. Uh, but, you know, if the game needs more time, then they, the game needs more time. It seems like it's going to be a pretty big endeavor. I mean, there's a lot of people who are really praising how the little gameplay uh, trailer looked, you know, and if the game does look as good as, you know, that, that trailer, then, yeah, it's probably going to take a little bit longer in the oven. Um, we're probably going to be waiting until next year for any more information about that, but there you go. Some more sad news. Fast and Furious Crossroads is going to be delisted next month. That means you won't be able to buy it digitally or physically anymore. Uh, Fast and Furious Crossroads came out only in 2022, so with a with a shelf life of two years, um, yeah, that's not too that's not too good, is it? <laughs> uh, you will still be able to re-download, uh, uh, obviously, used discs and all that stuff. You can even you can even re-download DLC and and play online still but the game won't be available for purchase anymore so the online mode will be still working after the game is just is delisted on the 29th of April um but you just you won't be able to buy it anymore it's very very strange so if you want to buy the game it's like 15 bucks on Amazon you don't digitally it's still 40 bucks so don't 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 buy it digitally folks get it get it get it physically on Amazon it's like 40 dollars I got it myself, and I added it to my playlist. I I remember this game being a very um, being talked about a, a lot. Um, obviously, there's a lot of cringe in there, but I think people in general liked uh, like some aspects of the gameplay. But the story was kind of cringy. I don't know. I guess uh, I guess I'll have to wait and see. Uh, I guess the game you can play with up to nine players online. So you know, maybe maybe it's worth. I don't know. <laughs> I don't don't ask me. Um but yeah, like I said the DLC will still be able to purchase and you'll still be able to download it and the online will still be able to so why not just keep the game up on storefronts? I don't know. 
maybe the, I don't know, uh, who knows? Obviously the game underperformed for sure. Uh, no, whatever. All right, let's move on. Ah, Sony has filed a trademark for Knack. Uh, they've re-upped the trademark from Knack in, in last month. And it was just it just came out this past week that they did this. Uh, of course, Knack 1 and Knack 2, vastly different experiences in my opinion. Um, but the developer Japan Studio was disbanded last year. So who knows where Knack will land and if Knack will ever come back. This could just be... You know, Sony just keeping the trademark under their belt. You know, just I don't know. It's one of those things. It's like okay, they've re-upped the they've re-upped the trademark, just like Gex a few uh, a few episodes ago. You know, we've re-upped re-upped the trademark. Are we gonna do anything with it? Probably not. I mean, Knack, honestly, like Knack Two is a good game. I think you know that's like B tier. You know, Knack One was the one that sunk the series because Knack One was so terrible. You know, it was like F tier. And then you have Knack 2, which is like, wow, this is a huge improvement on the series. I can't wait to see if they'll do anything else with it. Yeah, of course, they didn't do anything since 2017. And I doubt that they had like a Knack 3 in, in the works for, you know, whatever. But yeah, you, you can still, you know, you can hope. <laughs> you can sure hope. But yeah, I think Knack has been shelved. Uh, but it's nice to know that they've kept the trademark. So maybe we'll see Knack in the future. Uh, the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild 2 has been delayed until spring of 2023. Nintendo put out a video this past week on their official YouTube channel talking about how the game just needs more time for, for development. Um, I mean, they didn't say, like, anything super, you know, interesting. You know, they just they, they pretty much just said the game's been delayed. They did show off a few, I would say, a few new little s snippets of, 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 of footage for the game. Um, they they showed the same some of the same stuff from before, but there was this new clip that showed Link like having like a weird disfigured arm or something on his arm, like his arms like jet black, and then the Master Sword has been broken, and it's like also has like that jet black rot on it as well. So something really weird has happened, which has sparked a lot of speculation. You know, maybe this is Ganon's arm, maybe this is you know. I don't know. I'm not a huge Zelda fan, so I, I can only speculate uh, to my best of knowledge. But yeah, the game has been delayed until spring of 2023. Um, honestly, if you know, it might just be because they want the game to have the best bet at getting game of the year. And with Elden Ring already out, it's kind of like, well, you know, that that spot's been taken. <laughs> um, but honestly, it's probably just because they need a little, they need some more time. And, you know, hey, you release a bad game once, it's forever a bad game. You release a, a good game once, it's forever a good game. Stupid quote there, Yemi. All right, moving on. Fortnite. Yes, that's right. Fortnite. We put this in here for a retro fellow, the Fortnite badass. Zero build is, is live and is now a permanent mode in the game. So if you don't want to have the building mechanics, you don't got to have the building mechanics. Um, I believe they did something similar to this a while back, um, but it didn't last. It was like a weekend type type deal. Uh, but yeah, uh, originally they were just they were just gonna stop the building for nine days and bring everything back to normal. Um, but they decided, hey, we're gonna have this new zero build battle mode in the game. Um, honestly, without the building in the game, it is more of a generic, you know, third person, you know, battle royale shooter. Uh, but a lot of people seem to enjoy that. So you know, yeah, take that with what you will. 
I'm not a huge fan of Fortnite. I played it a, a little bit back in the day. I, I mostly played Apex Legends and Warzone when uh, back in when when battle royales were super overly popular. But you know, uh, not I can't say that I'm a huge fan of of these of this genre. That being said, you know, having it as a permanent mode is probably a good thing. Might bring in some more players. You know, some people who maybe like the Warzone experience better because there is no, you know, crazy building techniques in there. But like I said, you know, taking out the building from Fortnite does kind of make it less of a unique experience. You know, it, it, even though it has like a unique combat style, you know, to it, you know, control style, um, the building is, is really what sets it apart from everything else. So when you take out that building, you know, it might as well just be like another PUBG or another Apex Legends, you know. But anyway, uh, that's that. And then, second to final for today, <laughs> uh, for the news, FIFA has is going to be rebranded to EA Sports Football Club. Uh, EA came out and said that the uh, FIFA license has actually been an has been an impediment to sales. Now I don't know if that's because FIFA along with you know Madden or whatever is now kind of more a negative t connotation because the games have been subpar for the last few years, uh, even below, more so below that. Or, or they just mean like not as many people know the name FIFA, you know, I mean, look, FIFA, I mean, I, I'm not a huge soccer fan, but I know that FIFA is the, the, the soccer game, you know, I don't know about that. Uh, they were, you know, I was, as I stated before in a past episode, it's, you know, they were, it, it's possible that EA could be dropped from, being able to make the FIFA licensed games. So let's say they lose the FIFA license, changing the name of the game to EA F Sports Football Club would probably be the way around that. I don't know if they'd be able to use like the, you know, the actual players, Ooh, excuse me, likeliness or anything like that. But I guess just we'll wait and see. And now finally for the news, Master Chief. Yes, you can now play as Master Chief in Among Us. Uh, starting today, you'll be able to play as Spartan 117 in his armor set. Also, uh, 343 Guilty Spark will is, is available to download as a pet. And then there's also, I think, a new some new shades of green in there. There's the Xbox, and there's a lighter shade of uh, Xbox as well. Um, unless those have already been in there. I don't know. <laughs> I guess I haven't played it in a while. Uh, but yes, uh, the, the Halo collab is official, and it is available to download for free in the Among Us game. I believe this is only available on PC and Xbox, so, you know, you, you won't be able to play as Master Chief on the PlayStation or Nintendo. <laughs> All right, let's get into the What's Coming Soon segment of the show. All right, so... Nintendo put out a big, 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 big video detailing the different sports that are, are going to be available in Nintendo Switch Sports when that launches later this month. I can say that now because it's April. <clears throat> uh, so yeah, they just kind of went over everything. It's, it, it, it does have like that, you know, it has a lot of the same things from the Wii Sports era. You know, your skill in a sport will be measured against, you know, AI. You'll have, like, these training modes and, and stuff like that. They showed off this bowling mode that has, like, obstacles in the way for you to bowl around, which looks pretty cool. 
Um, with the with soccer, they they pretty much showed off like this, you know, kicking goal mini game where the more goals you got, the harder the, the game would become. And also, they showed off the leg strap that you can get as well. Uh, with the sword game, you had you can use a charged sword, so you'll build up power by blocking, doing perfect or not perfect, but blocking attacks. Um, and then also, there's the twin sword mode where you can use both swords, just like your favorite Jedi's. Um, <laughs> And then uh, tennis, you know, tennis is relatively similar to how it was before. Um, they also showed off a lot of, like, the multiplayer, how the multiplayer is going to work. Um, yeah, not much else that I can really, you know, say. Uh, they all, Oh, uh, here's here's a big thing, Yemi. They also showed off the me, the me creator. So, obviously, the Mii's are, are much different now. Um, you can still use, like, the old style, it looks like. But there's also the new style as well that you can get in there. Um, I'm sure most people will be using the new style. I'm not sure, like, they don't really show too much of it, but they did show there was there was two templates for the older style Mies. Anyway, um, they don't look as bad as I as I as I initially thought. I think they look okay. Um, but yeah, when you play when you play sports, you'll level up your rank. There's everything from E to A, and probably beyond, honestly. And there's also outfits that you can get as well for, by completing the mini games and stuff like that and becoming the best there ever was. So, and also they, they, re, they, 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 they said, Hey, you know, golf is coming at a later date. Um, did they say when it was going to be available? It's going to be added in fall. Um, so, you know, they didn't really go over anything about that. They just said, Hey, it's still coming, you know, you know, get ready for that. So if you buy it on Amazon, the game is available at least in the UK for $10 off off of Amazon. So if you want to check that out and pre-order that, uh, you can go ahead and do that. Um, I'm sure they're going to be adding some more sports in the future. Hopefully boxing. I, I remember boxing being a pretty pretty fun one. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, we'll see how this goes. And like I said before, it seems like this, is, this should have been done a while ago. But, you know, at this point, the Switch is so old and almost every single major Nintendo franchise and lesser Nintendo franchise have been put on the consoles. Uh, on Yeah, on the consoles, I could say. Um, you know, you got, all we're really waiting for now after this and, and Mario Strikers is, uh, you know, Star Fox and Donkey Kong. Like, those are the only two that I can think of right now that don't have an official Nintendo Switch release that was made for the Nintendo Switch. So, yeah, we'll... Uh, We'll see what happens next year, I suppose, for that. But once again, if you want to check out this video for Nintendo Switch Sports, it's available on Nintendo's YouTube channel, and the game is set to release on the 29th of April. Speaking of Nintendo, the expansion pass is getting three more games added to it. Earthworm Jim 2, Dig Dug 2, and Mappy Land. Uh, all those are available on the Nintendo uh, platforms right now. I think all these are NES games. Oh, Earthworm Jim is a SNES game, and Dig Dug 2 and Mappy Land are NES games. In Japan, instead of Earthworm Jim, they're getting the original Harvest Moon for Super Famicom. So, that's kind of interesting. Moving right along. One Piece is getting a video game. Uh, not just a, It's not just a regular fighting game. This is an RPG that's been announced uh, for multiple systems, including PS4, PS5, Xbox, and PC. This is coming from Bandai Namco. Um, if you want to check out this trailer, it is on Bandai Namco's YouTube channel. Um, the game, I mean, it, it looks like it's open-world RPG, but it looks like it's turn-based uh, combat style. You know, a lot of people are confused about how the combat's going to work in the game. It, from the clips that they showed, 
I think it is going to be like a, you know, get your party together, go on a root and tune pirate adventure, and, uh, you know, all the battles will be turn-based battles. But we don't know exactly yet, so we can't, you know, I can't say for certain. Uh, but you'll defeat new enemies, unravel mysteries, and un unearth a whole adventure with your favorite straw hats. In addition to Luffy, you can play as Zoro, Nami, Usopp, Sanji, Chopper, Robin, Frankie, and Brooke. So, if you're a fan of One Piece, this might be something to look out for. Uh, it's Ooh, excuse me, it's coming in 2022, so possibly in the holiday season. The Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe finally has a release date, and it's officially set to release on the 27th of April. Um, this game has been has been in the news for I would say years now at this point. Uh, I think it was originally revealed that the game was getting like this reboot remat not reboot uh, but like a remaster treatment uh, like in 2020 or something like that. So yeah, Stanley Parable finally going to be coming to pretty much every single system on April 27th. Okay, PlayStation Plus games for April have been announced, and uh, they should be ready to download on the 5th of April. Uh, it's already been announced that you can actually download SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom Rehydrated right now. That's right. You can actually download that one right now, and that one's available for the PS4 and PS5. Other games available with this with this one is Slay the Spire and Hood Outlaws and Legends. Slay the Spire is a great game. I already have it on Steam, and I played a lot on Steam, and I think it works better on Steam uh, just because you can use a mouse to control your stuff. Uh, but that's a good get if you haven't played that yet. SpongeBob SquarePants Battle for Bikini Bottom, Rehydrated. I haven't gotten to play this myself, um, but it seems like a competent remaster of the original game. And then Hood's Outlaws and Legends. As you all know, I had a pretty rough time playing this game. I thought it was pretty pretty bad concept. Um, but hey, it's free, so maybe if you want to try it out, you can. And then finally for today, Xbox has announced its Games for Gold for April. Uh, starting April 1st, you can download and play another site between April 1st and 30th. Hue will be available between April 16th and May 15th. Outpost Kaloki X will be available between the 1st of April and the 15th of April. And then finally, MX versus ATV Alive will be available between the uh, between April 16th and April 30th. So there you go. That's the news and such for today. Hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, sorry, I am like I, I I'm still kind of out of it. DDR took a lot out of me. That was like my feet and and legs still hurt. That was a lot of work. It was a lot of work. Uh, but I really had a lot of fun with it. Once again, thank you to everyone who came around to the birthday stream. I do appreciate that. Thank you to everyone who you know donated or followed or hosted or um you know, gifted subs or resub during that. That was a great time. Um, and I appreciate all the birthday wishes. Uh, if you want to check me out, I stream Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Saturdays. Right now, we're playing through Batman Rise of Sin Sue, which has not been a great game, but I'm going to see how I feel about it after Monday. So, you know, if I decide to end it there, you know, that, that'll be that. Also, I run two other podcasts, Fubar Ferret, which I just talk about anything that's on my mind. It's just a funny kind of podcast. And also Film Freaks with a Z at the end. Uh, that's our movie podcast where we talk about all things movies, a single movie for each episode. Thank you all once again. I'm Yuma the Ferret, and I'm out of here. Bye-bye. The Ferret 64 Podcast is owned and edited by Yemi the Ferret. 
the song Nightshade, used in the intro and outro, is owned by Adhesive Wombat. Small sound clips during the podcast were made by Yemi the Ferret. News sources include Nintendolife.com, PushSquare.com, and PureXbox.com. All opinions video game related are my own. Thank you for listening.